and welcome to another episode of Trevin's Prehistoric Podcast. My name's Trevin, and I'm your host. My co-host is my mom. Hey, that's me. I am mom. I'm Carrie, and I'm happy to be your co-host, and we're back in the studio after an absence of, oh my goodness, I think almost a year and a half. I think as we said in the last episode that we just had a lot of life happening, and you've now completed sixth grade and seventh grade. So you're getting ready to go into eighth grade. You just turned 13. And man, we are just having a ride over here. But we're back and it's exciting. So what do you have for us today, Trevin? Today we have a request from our friend Rex and his family. They live here in Middle Tennessee and wanted to talk about a prehistoric creature whose remains were found in a small town called Franklin. They want to hear more about the Mastodon. Ooh, the Mastodon. I thought I knew some stuff about the Mastodon, but it turns out while we were doing some digging around for this story... But um, <laughs> That was good. Now, I didn't know as much as I thought I did, so take it away, Trevin. All right. We took a field trip to Franklin, Tennessee, and we visited the Williamson County Archives and Museum. We found some really cool articles there. There was one from the Western Weekly Review in Franklin, Tennessee, dated November 11th, 1845, that Kevin E. Smith, professor of archaeology in Middle Tennessee State University, gathered in fall of 2013. Apparently, there was a discovery of some giant bones, which they called the Grand Monster of Tennessee, by Mr. Shoemate, who was digging a well on his property south of Franklin, It was about 50 feet below the surface of the 100-foot-tall hill that he was digging on. After they were dug up, they said they weighed 1,500 pounds and looked like a giant human because there was only two legs, shoulder sockets, and collarbones, and a giant skull without teeth. They thought it stood around 16 feet high. Well, as it turns out, they assembled the bones together into what they call Gigantic Fossil Man, And they took the bones on tour to Nashville and then to Louisiana, into New Orleans. They charged people 30 cents to check it out. And do you have any idea what that would be today, how much 30 cents would be? I honestly think that would be worth about $10. You are so right. How did you know that? I'm (laughs) big-brained. Yes. Yes, you are. Um, While the skeleton was in Louisiana, Dr. William Carpenter, MD, a professor in the medical community of Louisiana, he was called in to check out the skeleton. And he said that, and this is a quote, at a glance, it was apparent that it was nothing more than a skeleton of a young mastodon. And when they put the skeleton together in the form of a human, they had to add in wood and clay and basically like turned it into a giant human type species. So that's where people thought that it was a giant human. Hmm. They just hoaxed it to get more money. I don't know about that. I think, you know, because this was 19, or, I'm sorry, 1845, and this was even before the Civil War. And so this was like people, you know, they didn't know. They didn't have, um, I mean, they had newspapers, obviously. We read something from an article back then, but they didn't know about, you know, they didn't have any ways to communicate. They didn't have phones. They didn't have anything. No uh, quick access to find out information. So when they see gigantic bones, and they don't probably think of 
what would maybe be elephants in the area. So they're going to think like, oh my gosh, we've got a huge giant skeleton man. I don't know what they call it. We've got a huge giant grand monster of Tennessee. Anyway, but continue, please. I would maybe like suggest that it's sort of like the game telephone where like what where like you stand in a line and the person in the front has to say like a phrase and they have to pass it on. But eventually as you pass it on, it'll become more and more like distorted. Like you could start out with, hi, how are you too? Carrot. <laughs> You're not wrong. I really believe that there is some truth there. And again, this was 1845. So we, you know, they were just going off of what they thought it might be. Yeah. Turns out, Williamson County has produced numerous examples of mastodons over the centuries, including the internationally famous Coates Hines Litchies site near the Cool Springs Galleria. From Wikipedia, the site is initially recorded in 1977, when several large bones were identified during landscaping at the Crockett Springs Golf Course, now the Nashville Golf and Athletic Club. Salvage work by the staff at Tennessee Division of Archaeology recovered that the partial skeleton of a single mature female mastodon, Mastodon A, from along a small stream drainage. In 1994, constructions from a subdivision just west of the golf course by the company Heinz Interest LP resulted in identification of a well-preserved bone bed from the Pleistocene Age faunal material. Several late Ice Age species including horse, deer, muskrat, and the partial remains of a young male mastodon, Mastodon B. Can I interrupt you for just a second? I, I'm, I saw this and I didn't know what it was. What is... Uh, number one, Pleistocene, the Pleistocene age, and what is faunal material? Do you know? All right, sure. The Pleistocene was a period of time where mammals have almost reached their height, like leading into the modern day. And faunal material basically means, well, fauna. Fauna is like animals such as deer and like lizards, birds, fish, and everything that's alive. So the faunal material is basically stuff that they, it was all like what you described, like the horse, the deer, the muskrat, and then the partial mastodon, the skeleton. But those were all like part of the environment, part of the fauna is what they're calling it? Yeah, part of the whole environment. The remains of a third mastodon, Mastodon C, were identified eroding from the bank line approximately 160 feet west of Mastodon B, but were not excavated. That is absolutely incredible. And that's not, you know, that they were saying that it's not far from the Cool Springs Gallery. And it turns out that uh, Mr. Litchie, as part of the Coates Hines Litchie, it's his house. And I guess some of the Mastodon uh, remains were kind of kept there and they're, they're sort of buried in his yard. And so at his house actually became part of the Historical Society in 2011 or 2012. But man, that is Amazing. So that's kind of not far from where at because we're also in Middle Tennessee. But Trevin, that is some awesome, awesome research. And listener, we'll make sure to put all of our source links in our show notes. So previous episodes, we've brought some facts about our prehistoric creatures. What do you have for us today for facts for the Mastodon? A fun fact 
fact is that Thomas Jefferson was obsessed with Macedons, and that partly fueled the Lewis and Clark expedition. At the start of their trip, Jefferson instructed Lewis and Clark to be on the lookout for the remains and accounts of any animal which may be deemed rare or extinct, although he didn't mention Macedons specifically. His Macedon obsession was fueled by a long-standing beef he had with a French naturalist who thought America's animals and people were puny. Jefferson's bone-collecting hobby quickly evolved into a mission to assert America's dominance in the Western world and prove it was, that it was a land full of big and beautiful things. Well, that is absolutely crazy. I had no idea. And where did you find that fact right there? I found it at mentalfloss.com. Awesome. I'll make sure to put a link in there in our show notes. So that's that's pretty amazing. What other facts do you have for us? Many mammals, including mastodons, perish from a slow-developing bacterial infection called tuberculosis, which can scar bones as well as lung tissue when they don't kill an animal outright. The discovery of the Macedon specimens bearing physical evidence of tuberculosis raises the interesting theory that these prehistoric elephants were doomed by exposure to the early human settlers of North America, brought disease with them from the Old World. So that basically means that people that came over from Europe and were settling in the country, they brought that tuberculosis with them, and it affected all of the animal species and the Native American population that was living here, too. Mastodons were prehistoric relatives of today's elephants. Like their modern cousins, mastodons had tusks, flappy ears, and a long nose. They were mammals. Hey, Mom, do you have any facts for me? Actually, I do. Uh, According to paleontological artists, which you have talked about wanting to be a paleontological artist. Yeah. According to Mark P. Witten's blog, which we'll have link in the show notes, woolly mammoths lives in... Uh, They lived in tundra and forest habitats in northern regions, specifically like Alaska and the upper Midwest and uh, northeastern United States and the northern Atlantic coastal plain. Um, While the mastodons preferred wetter woodlands in more southern locations in the eastern U.S. and extending as far south as Florida, southeastern Canada and parts of Mexico. The mastodon enjoyed a range of habitats and climates. Northern populations lived in forests alongside moose and beavers, while Florida and Mexico mastodons lived in relatively balmy swamps and woodlands, sharing their environment with reptiles and amphibians. Wow. So here's a myth that I have for you guys. The myth is that they lived with dinosaurs, which is just... They didn't live with dinosaurs at all. They didn't appear until many millions of years after the close of the Cretaceous period. And people are also saying that mammoths are smaller than mastodons. Mastodons were actually slightly smaller than mammoths, though they are both herbivores that ate differently. Mastodons had blunt, cone-shaped molars that would crush vegetations, while mammoths had ridged molars that could cut plants, much like today's elephants. Absolutely incredible stuff about the mastodon. Thank you so much to Rex and his family 
for the suggestion for mastodons. I know we still have a couple of episode requests out there, and we will be getting to those, listener. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Trevin's Prehistoric Podcast. Send us a DM there and let us know if you have an idea for an upcoming episode or where you're listening from, how old you are, and or if you're a grown-up and listening to our show. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, uh-huh. And shout out to Miss Lisa in the Williamson County Archives and Museum for all of her help in researching this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! <laughs>